Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a teaching with TBA rabbinic resident Julia Noblock. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Julia Noblock, but I think I've met most of you um, since I started being one of the residents um, at Beth Am, there's one other resident here with us, David Kaplinski, who I'm sure everyone has met. And um, um, we are, I'm doing every, once a month, I'm doing a look at, um, at um, Israeli Hebrew poetry. And I was, last time was the first time I did it, and I, it was about Nahman Bialik. Um, I was going to alternate between female and male writers and Israel and out of Israel. But because of this posture, I just couldn't resist um, to do another male Israeli poet um, who is no other less than Yehuda Amichai um, because he wrote a poem that's called Jacob and the Angel and it was just too fitting um, to go with the Parsha that I just couldn't resist. Um, just like with Bialik, um, sum, summarizing Yehuda Amichai in, in just a 20 minutes, in like like in a few minutes is, is not enough time, but just like some, he was born 1924 in Germany and he came to, um, Palestine, um, in the mid thirties. And, um, so he was writing in Hebrew, which is not his native language because obviously he spoke, um, he grew up speaking German. Um, and, um, scholars write that he's also very much influenced by a lot of, by German poetry, mostly Rilke, but obviously he is also very much, um, had developed like a feeling for for the modern Hebrew, the colloquial um, modern Hebrew, and um, he was steeped in Jewish tradition. He grew up Orthodox. Um, as he became a young adult, um, or during his young adulthood, um, he um, stopped being observant. But um, he was so steeped in it that, like, his poetry is is so Jewish <laughs> in, in 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 so many ways. Um, that um, you could tell that even though he stopped being observant or even b- believing, he um, he wrote very, very intense, deep, and I want to say sacred, like poetry, inf- like secular poetry, influenced and shaped by by the sacred. And um, one of the one of the main um, one of the main elements in his in his poetry is time and the passage of time. And the desire to repeat and remember moments and to hold on to them, um, to inscribe them, and thereby ourselves, the people who are living them, into the book of life. And um, arguably, it's also one of the major characteristics of, of Judaism. When we as mortals try to inscribe ourselves into the eternal book of life, there's a clash. There's a clash between the mundane and the holy, between the secular and the sacred, the religious, because one is finite and the other is not finite, infinite. And um, we find this very constant clash in, in Amichai's poetry. Um, but in my view, and um, I think I'm not alone, he combines these clashing two sides into something that is, well, not smooth, but something that will always leave us longing for something, but at the same time bestows sufficient sort of holiness and eternity um, that it makes a secular moment turns it into, takes a secular moment and turns it into something sacred. And often then, though, this moment passes, like moments of intimate encounters, um, as so often in Amichai's poetry, um, the poems deal with love, with sexual intimacy, with closeness between lovers, um, with 
breakups. Um, but all these moments for their intensity allow those mortals to get a glimpse of the divine. And um, a lot of these things I find in the poem Jacob and the Angel, um, which we are going to look at. But before we are going to look at, and we're going to focus on Jacob and the Angel, I brought another one just if we have time. Um, but before we look at the poem, I just wanted to remind as of those lines that this poem quotes, even though most of many of you may have heard them this morning, and I'm just going to read them for the sake of time um, in English. Um, so we are at the moment when when Jacob is encountering the Ish, the being, the divine being that he's struggling with, and they're struggling, and um, we're at the moment when the socket of Joseph's hip is strained, um, and then Joseph said, let me go, for dawn is breaking. But he answered, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Said the other, what is your name? He replied, Jacob. Said he, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with beings divine and human, and you have prevailed. Jacob asked, pray, tell me your name. But he said, you must not ask my name. And he took leave of him there. So I am going to read the first poem, both in Hebrew and the English, and then I would like to, I have a few things I want to share about them, but um, I hope you have also some impressions um, to share. But um, first, let me read the poem. Yaakov vehamalach, livnot boka neancha vetafsa oto kach, venitzchach oto, vetafas ota kach, venitzchach ota. Hem yat ushnehem tefez mevi mavet. Um, and the translation is from Robert Alter, Jacob and the Angel. Toward morning, she sighed and grabbed him, so, and he defe and defeated him. And he grabbed her, so, and defeated her. The two of them knew that the hold brings death. They dispensed with the saying of names. But in the first light of dawn, he saw her body, which had stayed white in the places the bathing suit yesterday covered. After, they called her suddenly from above, twice, as one calls a little girl from her game in the yard. And he knew her name, and he let her go. So, I know some of you um, have looked at the poem um, before, and now as we were reading them. And um, I'm happy to share some of my impressions, but um, I wanted to see what, what comes up when they, when they read the poem, and what kind of feeling do you have um, compared to where it takes its inspiration from and where he, what, it, what he turns it into. Um, what, are some, what are some features from those passages in this so famous um, passage from, from this week's Parsha that he, that he plays with in, um, in this poem? Denise. Yeah, thank you. Stan. Yeah. Yes, I, I thought it was an amazing remark um, to make, something actually that had not occurred to me. So for those of you online, so first, the first comment from Denise was that, um, that she just, she just appreciated how, 
um, Amichai took the origin of the uh, uh, took the parsha, the the passage, and turned it into into the poem and what what how he transformed it. And Stan just um, mentioned that his wife remarked on the word choice of pamaim twice when they call um, the the woman in the poem, um, how it reminded of the scene when Abraham is about to to sacrifice um, Isaac, and then the angel appears and um, and um, calls twice um, to Abraham. So that's interesting to think about what that means. Did you have your hand up? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so Rabbi Fieldsmeyer was pointing out um, that there is in the middle of the poem, um, which is often very, very important to note where something is placed in a poem, that the name that the, the body of the woman has, has, it's when it describes the parts that had been left, like, you know, bikini lines, they are left, um, left white. Um, but it is also the, the same name. It's the same word and the same name for, um, Lavan, um, where Jacob, whom Jacob has just left after serving, um, many, many years for him and, um, having had many, many troubles with him and being schemed by him. Um, so, um, that was interesting to, to note, I, I, I did not, I did not make that connection with Lavan, but I, I love it, especially because, because of Jacob, you know, it's that, it's, it adds another layer to, to, to this whole weaving, I think, that Amichai does in terms of taking, taking iconic passages from Torah and turning them into, bringing them down to the, the day-to-day reality, um, secular sphere that we, that we live in, and then by, by in turn giving those moments again, borrowing sort of like something of the, the holiness from them. David, yeah, thank you. So um, for those online, so we're, we were talking about um, just paraphrasing what David was saying, sort of like bringing up the difference in, in the poem and the, and the passage that in the, in, in, in the Parsha, Jacob does prevail, um, over the divine being he, he wrestles with and he gets a new name, whereas those lovers, they both defeat one another and they do not first, at first not, they, they, they decide they're not going to tell it, their, their names, but then in the end, by coincidence, basically from above, right? That's also very interesting. Like One imagines a setting where the persons are like, you know, in a building and from, from, from the, from the apartment above, they are calling her. But, um, I mean, I think to me, it's very referring to what Stan's wife was saying about the, 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 the call from somewhere twice from above could also be read in a, in, in a different way that that's coming from above, from where, from the heavens, from, from whatever. So, um, and, um, then he knew her name and, and he let her go. Just looking at the time, um, so I find very interesting, um, and it has come up, but I just wanted to, to say how, how the, the name is the important, is such an important factor. So in so many, in so many of our, in so many of our, our Torah and, and, and everywhere, the, the, it's, it's about the name. It's about knowing. And it's interesting in the passage where it said, give me a blessing, like the blessing, getting a blessing, is sort of like like knowing the name, but he doesn't know the name, but he gets a new name, and that's a blessing. And here, here, the moment, the moment he knows the name of the woman, he lets he lets her go, which can be read in two ways. I find it's 
on one hand, one could say it is one moment of transitory love that was so intense that it is fine to be over. And at the same time, I can't help but also feeling like really a sadness in terms of he knows the name and and she leaves and and he lets her go and and they're separating. Um, do you want to say something? Rabbi Clickfeld? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Rabbi Klickfeld was pointing to this um, interplay that Amichai does so often between the erotic and the divine, and how often, you know, in, in world literature, every in so many different spheres of our lives and of, of art, how how the experience of of love, of human love, of of you know, erotic love, of romantic love, um, can have these glimpses of of divinity, and um, and how knowing the name and living this always together in one moment is basically not achievable, which then might actually say that even though Amichai stopped being observant, but that there is something about about the divine love that human love, no matter how amazing and deep it can be, cannot achieve. And um, so I find that, find that very, very interesting. Um, the second, is there something to say something? Warren? Of who? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, so Warren pointed out, first of all, that the poem is written from the, the man's perspective, and that also that in order to once, I mean, let me paraphrase that, once he knew, once he was able to name it and he knew the name, then he could let it go. Which, um, which shows that, um, it is so hard to name super intense things and, and experiences and um, that there are moments that only when we know what it is, we will be able to, to keep it and also to let it go. And um, yes, um, there were other things. I mean, of course, the la lechet and, and let her go that echoes um, what is also, especially in, in the partial, let me go when I, I can only go when I know the name. I can only go then. Um, yeah, so we want to have time for Marev. Um, I do want to have two, two, two wrap-up things, and forgive me if I change course um, with the poems, because I can't help myself. Um, so the, the, the other poem that I brought, since you have it, um, I brought it because it is, it is an example, I find, where, where Amichai takes his secular view way further than in this than in this first poem um because while here there is still this echo of of this intense of this that a moment of of of, of intense human encounter can have like one second of divinity even though it can't like keep it this the second one my head is is really 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 centered in 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 the secular world however i want to point when if you look at it at home again maybe it does end with the word yadeh um when it talks about the hand of the woman who's who's stroking his his head which um is or might still be seen as an echo of um you know a divine attribute because we talk so often about the hand of god um so this is just something and um i am going to be for a moment the the private poet <laughs> Um, I, as some of you know, I have, um, I have a, a poetry collection coming out. It's coming out in December and it's, um, 
um, it was started by one poem that I'm going to read, and um, it turned into a series of poems, and those poems eventually became um, the chapbook that is going to come out next month by Ben Yehuda Press. And you will see why I brought it, not just because I just want to read any poem, but it's called At Dawn, and it is called After Jacob and the Angel by Yehuda Amichai. And I just wanted to read it as another midrash that I'm providing. You will return to the east at the height of summer. Already the fans in my apartment are turning fast. At dawn, I can't stop thinking about the poem you sent. I tan my skin. My swimsuit leaves white lines for you to see and touch the way a humid summer does, slowly, oblivious to age. Time is marked by the appearance of morning purple and fireflies, by when to water the plants, another flask of sunscreen, a new week. The city turns into a village by the sea. In the grocery store, the label, grown in California, makes me grin. I buy an extra pint of berries for good measure, as a charm. The last word from you I have is yes, all caps. But the weather forecast is not always accurate. I keep thinking of the poem you sent, imagine that long wave coming to the shore. I water the plants. I spot another flower on the vine. Soon, you might be in this garden too. At dawn, you might let me go into the lurking autumn of my body. Do we even need to struggle? You already know my name. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.